in Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 11. I'll read this and we'll get on into things. But it's just uh, through some conversations we had last night and through some prayer and just then meditating on things that we were discussing, uh, I felt like this. When I read these scriptures today, I felt like the Lord was giving a word to his body. In Isaiah 55 and 6, he said, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returns not thither, but watereth the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give, give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Tonight I want to talk about the return. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your presence in this house. And God, I thank you for your ways, your thoughts. Lord, I thank you for your provision tonight. Bless us to hear what the Spirit would say to us as individuals and as a body tonight. We're going to praise you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for his word tonight. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you can be seated. God bless you. I don't have any problems with progress unless it tries to progress us away from God. I mean, progress is good. Hey, in, indoor plumbing, that's great. I, I don't want to, people say, oh, I wish I lived back in those days. I don't. I don't want 16-degree weather and going to an outhouse in the middle of the night. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with progress. I, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, I wish we was back in them horse and buggy days. I don't. I like my car. I like air conditioning. I like, uh, I like, uh, when it rains, I'm all right, and I'm, I can drive and not get wet. I, I like those things. I like, I like, I'm for progress. I'm for progress in the church. I like, I like screens. I like the fact that we can put words up for people that don't have a Bible with them. They can follow along, see what the preacher's preaching. That uh, I'm glad we don't have song books to have to put back up every, after every service. We put the words on the screen. I'm, I'm all right with progress in the church. What I am not for is for us as the church beginning to progress like the world. As his children, as his church, as his body, the church that he's building, bought with his blood, filled with his spirit, I am not for us leaving him behind. I am not for walking away from the principles that got us to where we are. Uh, the church and church services uh, cannot be seen as just our weekly social meeting and gathering where that is just a gathering of people coming together. But uh, we must come back. We must return to understanding what our purpose is here on this planet. We are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. We are to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. We are the salt of the earth. That's who we are. We are the church that God is building. Uh, we are the uh, heralds of the gospel. We are 
uh, living epistles read of all men. We are his saints. We are the children of the Most High. We have an image to uphold. The scripture says we are created in the image of God. And if we are in his image, then there is an image to uphold. We must not walk away from the things that got us to where we are. We love Holy Ghost and Fire Church. We love miracles, signs, and wonders. But those things did not just happen. Those things did, just, did not just get distributed to us because we decided to get together. But God gives those things to his people who are following him and who are believers in him and are serving him. Friend, just because you see some kind of supernatural happening doesn't always mean it's of God. In the last days, he said there would be people calling fire down from heaven. He said that if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. And so we need to make sure that with all the spirits that have gone out into the land that we try every spirit to see whether or not they be of God. And today, and just, I don't know, I, my wife would probably tell you, I've, I've been uh, maybe even more quiet than normal. I've been preoccupied. My thoughts have been on uh, things that we talked about and prayed about last night. And then in studying today, my mind has been on this and uh, I want to make sure that here in the church that I have been placed in to pastor that uh, we understand as a body here that we cannot forsake the Lord and his ways. We cannot sacrifice uh, faithfulness to gain a crowd. Come on, somebody. We, we, can't, we can't forsake consecration and dedication and uh, sacrifice just so we can gain a number. But because it's not going to be about, hey, you're going to make it in and you'll be on the gold level if you had at least 100 people in your church or you baptize at least 50 a year or some, some form of fashion like that. But we're going to be, uh, it, we're, we're going to get as many as we can. But you can get a crowd and get a crowd of people that's not saved. Amen. You can get a crowd and get a crowd of people that's not doing anything for the kingdom. That they're not furthering and advancing what God wants to see happen in this last day. And there's enough of those things around. But I want to be a part of the church that God intended the church to be. I want... Uh, go on. The Lord's building the church. I wrote this down a few months ago. I was uh, in conversation with somebody, but it just came into my mind and, and uh, just popped in my mind. God's not remodeling. He's building. He's not remodeling. So don't be thinking there's going to be no upgrades that's better than what's already in here in the Word. When, you know, when people remodel today, they're updating. You know, they, they remodel, so they update the wire, and they update the plumbing, they update the different things, they update the outside, they, they change the looks of things because they want to update it, they want to remodel it. But God's not remodeling a church, God's building a church. Oh, come on. Uh, somebody come get in here with me now. I said, God's building a church. And the materials that he's using and that he's been using are still good today. They're still relevant today. God's not out of print. God's not out of fashion. God's not to be thrown to the side, but what he's doing, it stands forever. Can nobody build like God? Every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. There ain't nothing made today that it's made with the stuff he made. If he didn't make the material, we couldn't build nothing. But in the church, God's building it through his spirit. God's building it through his word. God's building it through his truth. And, and sometimes, if we're not careful, we can get complacent as God's kids. And complacency is a killer because complacency is comforting. When people get complacent, they get comfortable. 
And complacency doesn't take away your mind or your memory. You can remember things. You can remember God. You can remember church. You can remember scripture. But complacency will keep you from acting on the things you know. Complacency because, uh, you know, it's just like a little kid. If they know their parent is close by and they feel safe, they'll, they'll wander and wander until as long as they can see you, but they'll just keep getting farther away as long as I can still see them. But now they're out of reach. If something does happen, it's going to take me longer to get to them to try to help them. You know, if you're out at the beach and you watch them, you, you want them, hey, you stay close to me because you don't want them getting out in that water and getting somewhere where you can't get to them. And if we're not careful, we'll start, oh, I know the Lord loves me, so I'll take another step. I know he gave me the Holy Ghost, so I'll take another step. And I, I know uh, I, I've been to church once this week, so I'll, I'll take another step. And I'm telling you that, that we can't start deciding that, well, I, I've done enough or I've got enough in me or because I've been bought by his blood that I can get a little distance. The Bible says that the blood was meant to bring us near. We were one time far off, but now the blood of Jesus brings us near. And the only way to get closer to him is to draw close to him. If we, it says if we draw close to God, God will draw close to us. And so how do we think we're getting closer to God when we're drifting from the things that got us here? How do we think we're going to get closer to a move of God or revival of God if we're getting away, further away from the things that are in his word? The church was built on this word, on this promise. It was already settled in heaven. It was already in God's mind before it was put in black and white, before it was bound up and printed uh, on pages with ink. It was already in the mind and heart of God, and God was building his church. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, and God was ready and had the material in place to build from the very beginning. But God wants his people his children, listen, for God so loved the world that he gave. I know it. And God is reaching to seek and save those that are lost. He, he wants those that don't know him to turn to him, but he wants his people to return to him. You know, we're looking for his return, and he's looking for our return. You say, Pastor, you're scolding us. No, I'm not scolding nobody. I'm telling you as part of this body, as part of this movement, as part of the thing that God is trying to build, that he wants his people to return. He wants his church to get back to him, to get back to the basis, to get back to the roots, to get back to the things that made us who we are. That we don't let time and, and, uh, and progress and, and ingenuity and all these things that are happening in the world today make us think that we can somehow build it better than God, that we can start our own building program. That's why Paul warned us. He said, he said listen, don't be, uh, get messed up here. Don't, let, don't be spoiled by uh, philosophies and vain deceits and uh, rudiments of the world and traditions of men and not after Christ. Make sure that you're not following a man. Make sure that you're not following man's ways, but that you're following the word of God. And he wants a people, hey, we have been born again by the word. We live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. We cannot be anything unless we are people of the word. When we forsake the word, we lose our provision, our power, Come on, somebody. We lose our identity. We're walking away from the stuff that adopted us, that brought us into this thing. We have got to be more than just a gathering, a social gathering, a fellowship gathering. But we've got to be uh, coming together to hear from the word, to hear what the spirit would say to the church. What do you want us to do, God? Speak to us in this house. Fill us again with your spirit. Heal and deliver and set free. Wash people in your blood. Fill them with the Holy Ghost. Break chains. Open doors. Close doors. Open the windows of heaven. Pour out whatever it is, God. But do it right here in our midst. This is what we want in the church house. If I want to hang out with people, I'll go to the restaurant. 
I'll go to the ball game. I'll, I'll, I'll do something like that. But when I come in here, I didn't come to hang out with you. I come to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. I come to hear what God would do in the midst of His people. I want to be the church. I want to be part of the church, but I want to be the church of the living God. And I don't want to find myself drifting away from Him. I don't want to be caught in the undertow of this world and get pulled farther and farther away from where I started. When we were children and we would go to the ocean for vacation and they would always tell us, you get in that water, be careful of that undertow. And I remember I would walk straight from where our towels were set up, my family was, and I'd take my float, I'd go out there and I'd get so far and I'd get on it. And you're playing around, you're doing stuff, and I'd look up and my family would be way over there. How did I get way down here? And you couldn't even swim against that current, man. You just had to try to go back to the beach and then walk back up to where you were. You'd be out of alignment. You were getting out of sight. My mom would tell you one time she fell asleep on one of those floats and that undertow got her and pulled her way out. And my dad liked to die swimming out there to get her and get her back. But uh, if we're not careful, we're going to fall asleep and we're going to end up drifting. It's high time, the scripture said, to awake out of sleep. It's time for us to recognize the time that we live in. And, and I know we don't know the day of his coming, and that can cause us to be complacent. But Jesus said, don't get complacent. He said, watch, because you don't know the day and you don't know the hour. But he said, who's going to be that faithful servant that when I come, I'll find him so doing? Because we don't know the day or the hour, sometimes we just get busy with doing things and, 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 and programs. And I'm not, I'm not against doing everything the best that we can do it and have programs, things that, that minister to us in different ways. I'm thankful for the way our church operates and the church as a whole operates all around the world. But I don't want us to be an organization that is getting away from God. And I don't want our congregation to be a congregation that's getting away from God. You say, well, we don't get it. We're, we're his children. We're his people. Exactly. He's not calling the world to return to him. He's calling his people to return. And you'll read it. It's, it's historic in history. It repeats itself. Uh, Israel time and time again would forsake him and walk away from him. And then there would be a, uh, you know, another king that would do more wickedly than the last. And then all of a sudden there'd be one that would raise up and he would do that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And they would go tearing things down again and and getting the sacrifices right, building the temple back, and, and keeping the Passover. They would start doing things like they were supposed to do it, and walking in the ways of David, their father, and, and doing everything right, and God would be pleased, and they would be blessed, and things would be going right. And then hit, that king would die, and here comes the next king, and he did more wickedly than the first one. And it was time and time again that God was telling them, return, return, return. And Isaiah was not writing to people that didn't know God. Isaiah was writing to the people of God. And he said, seek the Lord while he may be found. That lets me know there's a time where I won't be able to find him. I want to seek him while I can find him. I want to make sure that I'm not letting things get in my way that are keeping me from seeking the face of God. <laughs> Honey, I don't want to be wrote down in a proverb uh, somewhere that all he did was uh, do his own thing, but he didn't do the things of God. I don't want to be slumbering and folding my hands and sleeping and being slothful, but I want to have my hand on the plow and not looking back. I want to be plowing for the kingdom and working for the kingdom. And it's time for God's people to seek him while he may be found. I'm trying to encourage you tonight, church. I'm trying to, to, to spark something inside of us. We're not supposed to be the same as the world. We're not supposed to be uh, the same as anybody else. God called us out of darkness, put us in his marvelous light. He made us a royal nation, a holy priesthood. Come on, somebody. We're peculiar people. We're not like the world, and that's all right. He doesn't want us decking ourselves like the world and acting like the world and, and the church getting woke. Hey, we've seen in the world how wokeness ain't really helping a lot of people right now. A lot of these companies went woke, and now they broke. 
And the only way they're going to get it back is if they return. Of course, I wouldn't care if Budweiser went out of business forever. It wouldn't bother me at all. I wouldn't care if Target shut down forever. I don't care. Some of y'all said, oh, pastor, I, I don't know about that. Name. Oh, you, if you want something from Joanna, just drive to Texas. It'd be all right. He said, seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he's near. There's a time where he's near, where he's listening and he's watching and he's waiting to hear is anybody calling on my name? Is anybody praying and seeking my face? Or are they all just walking after their ways? It's time to examine ourselves, church, and find where are we. But he said, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Stop thinking that you know better than God. We think a wicked man in his thoughts, we think he's thinking about murder or stealing or what. No, you know what's wicked? It's thinking we know it better than God. That it says it in God's word, but that don't really matter. That ain't what God meant. But the Lord said, if you will return to the Lord, if you will return, I'll have mercy upon you. And if you return to me, I will abundantly pardon. I'll forgive it all. God wants his people to be close to him. God wants his people to come back to him. The word return means to go to or come back to. God wants us to come back to him. And we think, oh, it's been too much. It's been too bad. But he said, but. You don't understand my thoughts are not your thoughts. But I need you to hear what I'm thinking. A lot of times we, we use that scripture to kind of okay. We don't know what's going on, but that's all right. God's thoughts are higher than mine. But God is saying, I want you to know my thoughts. I want you to know what I think about you. I want you to know what I think about the church. I want you to know what I'm thinking. He didn't say you could understand everything. He said, I want you to know my thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. And a lot of people say, God, we can't know his ways. God wants us to know his ways. His people uh, called on him, and, and, and they saw his works, but he said, they didn't know my ways. He wants us to know his ways. I don't want to just see the miraculous and not know him. I don't want to see people keep getting the Holy Ghost and keep getting baptized, but I don't know him. I don't want to see, I don't want to see the dead brought back to life and not know God. I want to know God. And he said, return to me. Don't let life pull you away. Don't let your circumstances start setting up dividers between you and God. Return to him. Get back to praying. Get back to fasting. Get back to singing. Get back to preaching. Get back to teaching. Get back to witnessing. Get back to loving him. Get back to letting that light shine. Get back to serving the Lord. This church will not prosper until we return to him. We will not see the revival until we return to him. We will not see the miraculous until we return to him. God is calling his people to a return. You read it, he said, even, you know, we talk about, well, you know, he's talking to Israel, pastor, and they were just, well, they was, they was awful. But the New Testament tells me don't boast against them. We were grafted in because we believed in Jesus and we, we believed in the name. We got the revelation, so we were grafted in the vine and they were broke off. So, well, and they'll stay broke off unless they don't stay in unbelief. He said, don't boast against the branches because you can be broke off too. Don't think just because we've been grafted in that, that we can't drift, that we can't float away, that we can't get distant from God. He was talking to his people. 
He was talking to the patriarchs. He was talking to the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Oh, he's talking to Israel. And he's telling them, look, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. But as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and it returns not, but it will water and bring forth bud and seed for the sower and food for the eater. He said, when it rains and it snows, it makes an impact. And he said, and in the same way, when my word goes forth, it makes an impact. When it goes out, it will not return void. And so when I hear that, I go back to a few scriptures, and his word said, return, and I'll have mercy. Return and I'll pardon. We cannot move forward in our own ways. We must return to him. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and there is promise and provision in his word. He just said it. It won't return void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. We must return to him. Hey, we cannot go beyond his word. No matter how this world, futuristic this world continues to get. A big thing in the world today is AI. That's scary stuff. And I know we joke about it. Ain't y'all ever seen Terminator? But I ain't talking about Terminator. I'm talking about there's something scary about this AI stuff. There's something weird about this AI stuff. They're trying to make this stuff with a spiritual aspect to it. They're trying to create something that will have a spirit or a soul. They're trying to make something. I, I told somebody one time, I said, you know, it makes me wonder. And this revelation talked about they made an image and then brought it to life and it could speak. Maybe it's AI. I don't, don't, don't be going, oh, this is my pastor preaches that the image of the beast is artificial intelligence. I don't know what it is. It could be what's coming next. But he said they create an image and it would be able to speak and that people would worship it. And all the idols in the Old Testament couldn't speak, couldn't hear, couldn't see, couldn't do nothing. But this image somehow is going to be able to speak. Might just be what's coming from this artificial intelligence. I don't know. I'm just telling you that there are things in this world today that are trying to get our attention. The Bible says for me to lay aside every weight and sin. And hear this, that would so easily beset me. And that word beset, you know, we think, well, that'll trip me up. But when you look up that word, it means a competitor. What is competing for your time, for your prayer time, for your church time, for your study time? He said it's a competitor that is trying to thwart a racer. What's trying, what, 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 what's competing for your attention? Because we can get so focused on so many things that, that we're, we're sure this will be what the Lord wants. And we turn around and look, and we're so far away from him. We should be following him, not walking parallel to him. If you ever look up and don't see him in front of you, you need to find out where you need to go back to. <laughs> because, oh, I can see him over there, or I can see him over there. But he said, don't turn to the left or right, so that's not where he's going to be. He's going to be. Run this race. When you run a race, you ain't. He said, looking unto Jesus. I don't want to look at nothing that's competing for my time, for my love, for my dedication, something that's competing for my consecration. That's one of them words nobody likes to hear anymore. Holiness and consecration and sacrifice. That's, oh, we, we, we want to hear about love and mercy and grace and, and, and but, but, but love and mercy and grace came through sacrifice and consecration hello 
You know, the Bible said Jacob got his bride by serving for sheep. And God's getting his bride by serving for sheep. He said, I'm a servant. He, he got down and he washed their feet. And then he went to Calvary and died for them. That's how he got his bride, through service and sacrifice. And that's the truth. Hallelujah. I, I don't want that sacrifice to be in vain. I want to make sure that I am returning to him with all that is in me, with all my heart, all my mind, all my strength. I want to turn back to God. We got to remember maybe what he did for us. In Isaiah 44, I'm watching the time, Isaiah 44, 21 and 22. He said, remember these, O Jacob and Israel, that's his people. It's the apple of his eye. He said, for you are my servant and I formed you. You are my servant. And O Israel, you will not be forgotten of me. God doesn't forget us, folks. Don't you ever think God forgets you? But then he reminded them, he said, remember this, I blotted out as a thick cloud your transgressions and as a cloud your sins. Return unto me. For I have redeemed thee. God has done so much for us. And yet he still must plead to his blood-bought, spirit-filled church, return unto me. He had to plead with Israel. I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you through the Reds. I did all these things and yet you just forsook me and went off and served other things and got your mind on other things and other things that were competing for you. These, he said, I warned you about it. You didn't listen. I warned you don't get connected with all those other gods and things in this land. Just It would be snares to you and thorns in your flesh, but you didn't listen. And now I'm, instead of throwing you away, I'm saying return. Come back to me. Wherever you find yourself now, just return. Come back to him. Turn or return, whatever it is. That, the word return there is the same word as repentance. The first time we come to him, it's a turning. But from that point on, we can return. Repent, repentance ain't a one-time gig. That is, that is one of the most valuable stones in your bag of rocks that you'll ever use against the enemy. I can repent and go back to God. I can return and go back. I can get back to where he brought me from. Returning, that's where the answer's at. Returning can resolve the issues that we're having if we will just start again, try again, get back up, keep going. Don't stop. Return to God. Get back to the things that work. I know there's some places we don't ever want to return to. Nobody ever wants to go to the dentist a second time. I hope I never have to return here. But you let that tooth get hurt bad enough, you're going to go because that's how it's going to get resolved. You don't want to return to the doctor, but if that's the only way it's going to get fixed, you'll go. If you, your car is acting up, I don't want to go back to the mechanic, but if your car, you're going to return. You'll return to places to get things fixed. Well, why not return to God? When things are getting out of sync and things are getting out of focus and things are getting out of line and things are breaking down and happening in your life, he's saying, return to me. Just come back to me. Come back to who I made you. Come back to who you were. Uh, come back to that fire that I baptized you with. Come back to that dedication that I gave you at the beginning. Just come back. Don't be a spectator sitting on the outside saying, wow, look how good church is. No, no, no. The answer is in the return. In Isaiah 30 and 15, he said this. He said that, for thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. We're going to be lost if we stay away from him. We're going to be lost if we stay away from his ways. He said, in returning and rest shall you be saved. 
There's no rest outside of returning to him. Our rest is in him. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are weary, and find rest. You, you got to return to him, and the answer is in the returning. Every aspect of our life is wrapped up in him. We are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. In him we live, move, and have our being. We're, everything we are is wrapped up in him. We got to get back to God. And I, you, you, but, but we are, Pastor, we're his people. I know we're his people. But God is, is just shaking me and telling me. That, uh, don't think I'm saying God don't love us, that God ain't for us, that God's not being good to us. That's not what I'm saying. But he's saying return to me. Get back closer to me. Get, instead of just making me an, ex, an accessory in your life, instead of squeezing me in to your schedule, how about work your schedule around me? How about you put me first? The first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord God with all of our heart and all of our strength and all of our mind. Love him with everything we've got. That's the first and greatest commandment. And how can we say that's true when everything else takes precedent? Well, I, I didn't get to read today because I did this. I didn't get to pray today because I did this. I didn't get to church today because I did this. The Lord told a parable, something like that. Hey, I've got something, a great feast prepared for you. Oh, I, I need to go... Uh, See about some land. I, I need to uh, see about my wife. I need to, you know, I got to see ox. I got to prove. I got all the kind of, they excused themselves. They thought the invitation was enough. But they excused themselves from greatness. I don't want just an invitation. I want to attend. I want to be there. I want to be a part of what God is doing in this last day. Look, sometimes we think about, oh, I would like to return back in time so I could undo some things I did. Or if I could go, if I, but you know, you can't, get, you can't go back in time. We, we, we can't get back time lost, but we can return to the life and commitment and consecration of living for God. Listen, David could not get back the time. Uriah was dead. I say that right? He couldn't stop. He could, he, I'm sure he wished, oh, if I could just go back, I would have went on out to battle with my people. I wouldn't have been there. I wouldn't have been looking and seeing things I shouldn't have seen. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made these plans. I wouldn't have, if I could just go back. But he said, I can't go back. So he said, God... Don't take me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. I'm going to return to you. He, he got down and he repented. He returned to the Lord. He got back. He said, I, I don't want to lose out, so I'm not going to quit. I wish I could change it, but I can't. But I can return back to doing what God asked me to do. Don't let your mistakes cancel you out. Don't let your shortcomings or, or your mess-ups, your slips-ups, or even your just complacency, your drifting. Maybe you hadn't even really done anything. You just got lazy. I'm sorry. I could say slothful. That's what the Bible says. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, let's lay it aside and let's return to him because in returning is where we're going to see it. We were talking about the, the older saints and the things that they saw and, and the things they did. And I said, the reason that we don't see what they saw is because we don't do what they did. I'm not slamming. I'm not slapping the church tonight. I'm just telling you what it is. We, we, there's a lot of things we're doing right, but that don't mean we're where we need to be yet. And I don't want the church to ever think, well, look at us. We ain't got to do nothing else. But we should be constantly on our face 
God, what's next? Lord, speak. Lord, show me my faults. Shine the light on me, God, and show me where I'm missing it. Search my heart, God, and, and if there be any wicked way in me, move it. We should constantly, as a man after God's own heart, be praying, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Because this world and this life and things that you go through will take it out of you. And when that happens, we don't feel very much like a holy child of God. And so we distance ourselves from our Holy Father. Because we don't feel much like His. Because there's just too much going wrong. And yet He's going, return. Return to me. Samson, his greatest victory was in his return to God. He was a Nazarite from his mother's womb, but he played with it. He wasn't supposed to touch dead things, but he did. He wasn't supposed to do, the only thing that he really kept was his hair. He didn't let him cut his hair. He didn't let him do that, but, but finally he told Delilah all this hard and she brought him in, they shaved the locks of his head, and when he jumped up, he said he didn't even realize that he had drifted from God. I will shake myself as before, and I'll go out and I'll whoop the Philistines. It'll be like every other time. And he said he did not realize that God was not with him. I don't want to get so complacent that I can't even tell God's not with me anymore that I'm so sure of myself that I begin to think that all the things that I have done, God's going to just be with me. So they took him, put out his eyes, carried him captive into their land. But when you read about Nazarites and things, when stuff happens, they have to, if they touch a dead body or something happens, they have to shave their head. And they, have to, they, they can start over. It isn't like they can't be a Nazarite anymore. They, they, that's a vow. And they can go back to that consecration. And you know what it says in Samson's story? There's a one little part in there that I've always loved. While he's in, in prison there, he's not touching dead things. He's not drinking wine or fruit of the vine, anything like that. They've got him in prison. And it says, and the hair of his head began to grow. And he knew that he was back in that covenant, he was back in that vow. That's why at the end, he said, he just show me where the pillars are. And he said, God, remember me right now. Remember me again and avenge me for my eyes. And he said, and he pushed that place to the ground and, and killed more in his death than he did in his life. His greatest victory was in his return to God. That's where he found his strength again in his return to God. His, he, he was able, he had what he needed in his return. There are no guarantees just because we're born again and called of him that we won't drift, but we can return. And that's where the church is today. We need to return. I know I'm, I'm running close to the mark. I know it. I'm, uh, I, I, need to, I, need to finish, I need to finish. In Luke chapter 15, there's several stories of returning. There's the, the shepherd who... He leaves the 99 to go find that one. Why? So he can return it. He didn't go out to beat it or slap it, but he, he gets it up and he puts it on his shoulders and he carries it back to return it to the flock, to put it back with the others. And now it's under his protection, his provision, his leading, still waters, green pastures, rod and staff, all those things. He, he said, I'm returning it back where it needs to be. There was a woman that had 10 pieces of silver and in her own house, she somehow you, she lost one of the pieces. And now the set is not as valuable as it was before because it's missing one of its pieces, but she searches and returns the piece back and now the whole set has value again. It's, the value is back in the returning. And then it's the prodigal. The prodigal son, which means he had a father. And it, in the story, we know that uh, this man had two sons, and, 
And the younger of the sons, he said, hey, you know, give me my, give me everything you got for me. At the father's house, he had everything he needed. He had, the, he had uh, all he could want. The, the, the father had told the older son later, he said, all that I have is thine. And so I'm sure he meant that for the younger too. He wasn't going to be like, uh, oh, you're the younger kid, you don't get nothing. He, he, he gives him all that he can carry, gives him all his substance and he goes away. He walks away from the Father. And he thinks that he can take what the Father has given him and survive away from the source. But it didn't last. I'm telling you, when you walk away from him, no matter how good the gift was, it's going to suffer and it's going to dwindle and diminish because you're not in contact with the source anymore. He was still the son of the father, but he was dying in his dilemma. He was dying in his mess. He was wasting away. He was starving to death. He, he didn't have what he needed to survive. He, he was going to die in the world because he was away from the father. Just being his child doesn't mean you can go wherever you want to go. It doesn't mean you can take these things that God has given you and just go anywhere you want to and do what you want to with them. They won't be sustained out in the world. And he found out the hard way that I had it good when I was home. I had it good when I was with the Father. And it said that uh, uh, in uh, verse 17, as he is starving to death, working in a pig pen and, and just desiring to eat the husk that the swine ate, he said, he came to himself and he said, how many hired servants in my father's have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. You know what he said? I'm going to return. I'm going to return to my father and I will say, father, I've sinned against heaven and before you and I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your servants. And he arose and came to his father. There was a follow-through. Let me just get this right here. It's not enough to say, I'll go back. He said in verse 18, I will arise. In verse 20, and he arose. There's got, you can't just say it. You can't just pray it. You got to put some action behind it. Sometimes we, you know, that's just like when people say, hey, will you pray for me on Facebook? And you give them a blue thumb. What's that mean? Okay, you need prayer. That, that, no, you got to do more. The blue thumb doesn't mean you prayed. If you say, I'll pray for you, then get on your knees and pray. Or if you're sitting at your desk, then just say a quick prayer. But pray something. My goodness, say something. God help them. God bless them. Say something. Don't just put an emoji We need to return back to actually doing what we say we're going to do. Saying you'll return ain't the same as getting up and going. Saying I'll start praying again ain't the same. Saying I'll start reading again ain't the same. You got to get to, you got to put some action in it. You got to do what you say. And so he said, he arose and he came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him. He had compassion and ran, fell on his neck. He kissed him. And the son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven. And in your sight, I'm not worthy to be called your son. But the father said, bring the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. That's restoration. There's restoration in the return. There is restoration of what you've lost in returning to God. I'm telling you, he didn't have anything that the father gave him. He didn't have nothing. He didn't have any of it. He come home empty-handed. He went out fully, come home empty, and God gave it all back. There's something that happens when God's people will return back to the Father. We've got to get back to Him. I know it's hard. We want to come back as something less than what we are. But God said, give him a robe and give him a shoes. And hey, because I know what size he wears. He grew up with me. I know what he's got. Go look in my closet. I got something for him. 
God still got something for you. God still got something for his people. But it is people that's walked out of this church and they living in the pig pen right now. But if they were to come back to God, he would restore them and they could preach the word and pray again. There's power in the return. And I'm telling us, sitting here in the house, that there's power, there's provision, there's restoration, there's refreshing, there's rest, there's peace, there's comfort, there's strength, there's love, there's mercy in the returning. I don't want to die in the house. I don't want to drive up on the seat. I don't want to die behind this pulpit, but I want to come back to God. I want to return to him, praying, fasting, believing, seeking, doing what God called us to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on, somebody lift your hand up to the Lord right now. God's talking to you. He has not forgot you. He bought you. He purchased you. He redeemed you. He washed your sin. He filled you with his spirit. God ain't forgot who you are. Don't let life and bad choices and circumstances drive you from home, drive you away. Don't sit as a prodigal on the pew. Ain't no pig pens in here. This is provision. This is the Father's house. And I'm telling us today that when we walk into this house, when you walk in, God, slip that robe on me. God, put them shoes on my feet. And Lord, put that ring on my finger because I belong to you. I'm yours. I had a hard week, God, but I'm back. But don't just come back and Sit out here in the servants' quarter. I'm gonna let all the children get up here, and all the all the people that's really good. And there's a lot of people up here with their hands lifted up, speaking in tongues, and crying. And they don't tell you everything that went on in their world that week. They ain't gonna tell you about the mistake they made, about what they heard, or what they looked at, or what they listened to. But they know that they can find mercy in the return. They didn't want to do it, but they did it. That's our flesh. Paul said, the good that I want to do, I can't figure out how to do it, and the bad things I don't want to do, somehow I end up doing it. That's just who we are. But at the end, he said, I kept the faith. I kept the faith that God would love me and that God would forgive me and that God would have mercy on me if I would return to him. It's in the return. Uh, when that boy came to himself, he realized that the only answer was return, return, return. And he was being watched for. God help us to be watching for someone to come home. And he wasn't just watching for, but he was received. He was loved. He found mercy. He found grace. They gave him a robe, shoes, and a ring. They restored him. And they had a feast and a celebration because that one that was dead was alive again. He was lost, but now he was found. He returned and got his status back. And now all that came with being his son came back with it. He wasn't demoted to stepson, foster son. Oh, no, you're my boy. And I don't care where you've been. I've heard all the stories. I've seen it all. He, you know, we know that the Father sees it all, and, and he knows, and he's heard. He's, all, but he's like, you know what? I will fall on your neck. Regardless of the stink or the stench of this world that's on you, I will fall on your neck and love you and restore you if you are really coming back to me. The answer is in the return. Just being born again and being God's child doesn't mean we won't wander. We need to return to him. Just remembering is it returning. He remembered 
but he, had to do, he, he could sit there. He could die remembering what it was like in the Father's house, but he actually did something. He returned. We must go back to the things that worked, the things that provided for us, and the things that kept us. Darling, come on to the music. I'm coming down right here at the end. In Jeremiah 6 and 16, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old path. Where's the good way? And walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. The Lord was pleading again with his people. Come back to some old things. Something, and he don't mean old like, well, they're old and decrepit. It means it's because they've been there since the beginning of time. There's things in this world that are, that are old, that are solid, and are, they've been here since creation. We, see, we think of old as old-fashioned. We think of old as weak and, and near the end of life, but... But God, he, he's the ancient of days. He's the eternal. He said, there are some old paths that I laid out that I need to get you back into. I need you to come back because that's the good way. We want the new way, the new path, the superhighway, the express lane. He said, you need to come back to the old path. Where's the good way? And that's where you'll find rest for your soul. In Proverbs 22 and 28, the writer said, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Somebody that came before that, that landmark, and we think of landmark, you know, well, you know, if you were to go to France, you say, well, the Eiffel Tower, that's a landmark. Stone Mountain, that's a landmark. But in the Old Testament, the landmarks were the boundaries. He said, don't be getting on moving your neighbor's boundaries and don't be trying to enlarge your boundaries and don't be moving landmarks that your fathers have set. This is your land. Don't be moving it. Don't be giving up any. Don't be trying to gain any. I've put it perfect where it is. There are boundaries, church, that we've got to stay in. That's a fact. There are boundaries that are set by the Word of God. And, you know, a lot of people say, I don't want to be in a prison. I don't want to be walled in. It's, it's not that it's like it would be more akin to a guardrail that keeps you from going off the road. It's there to protect you. It's, it's, it's there not to, to hem you in. It's there for your protection, for your benefit. It's... it's it's what it is. And he said, don't remove these things. Your fathers, the people that came before us, that a lot of people, they laugh at them, they laugh about them, they mock what they did and what they stood for. Because they would, you know, I, I, and we even did this. But at our church that we came with, Brother of Ours, we, we got down in sackcloth and ashes. We called a prayer meeting and a fast and because we had some people that were sick in the church and we wanted to touch God. So we got down in sackcloth and ashes in the basement of the church and prayed. That's crazy. Well, you start talking to people that got healed and asked them, was it crazy? They got mocked and laughed at for the stands they took and for the things they did, for the things they wouldn't do. But they saw angels. They saw devils cast out. They saw tumors fall off people. They saw blinded eyes open. They saw addictions broke like that. And it wasn't because they're better than we are. They were a special It's just because they stayed close to God. And the Lord said, these things are still accessible, available for anybody, but my church has got to return to me. You've got to come back to these old paths. You've got to come back to this, these old ways, these things that were set up from the beginning, that were set up in my word that, 
that brought people to those kind of miracles, signs, and wonders. And, and not be worried about, well, are we going to fit in with the world if we do this? I'm not trying to fit in with the world. I don't want to, I want, I want the world to come to Jesus. I want them to see that there's a different way of living. And so there are, we can't move these landmarks. Well, you know, Pastor, if you didn't preach like this, you'd probably have a bigger crowd. I ain't ever tried to preach to get a crowd. Because people come by the drawing of the Spirit. If they come for a show, they'll soon go. But if they come for the truth, they'll stay. Listen, we're never going to outgrow or outmature God's Word. It just won't happen. I know I'm, I'm so stand with me, that'll help me. If I know you're standing, I won't like that, so I'll, I'll try to get, get, get going. But right here at the end, in Revelation chapter 2, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Listen to what he said. I know your works. I know your labor. I know your patience. And I know how that you can bear with them that are evil. You have tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and you found them to be liars. And you have borne, and you had patience. And for my name's sake, you have labored, and you have not fainted. Things are good. You're doing things. You haven't fainted. You're sticking to it. But in verse 4, he said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. See, we can play church. We can look like the church. We can have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. We, we can... Hey, if Satan can appear as an angel of light, there are buildings that say church all over the place that can be anything they want to be. But the Lord said, I've seen what you've done, but you have left your first love. So remember from where you are fallen and repent or return and do the first works. Now he says right here, and this is a lot of people, it scares them, or else. God's not trying to threaten anybody. He's just stating a fact. He said, if you're not going to be who I called you to be, then I'll come unto you quickly and I'll remove your candlestick out of its place except you return. God's merciful, but God ain't playing. He's long-suffering, but he ain't playing. He just wants us to be His, to be what He called us to be, to be what He knows we can be because He's the one with the building plans. So doing all of this, they still needed to return to their first love. So I ask us tonight, could it be that we need to return? It's not that we don't know Him, not that we don't remember, maybe even appreciative of what God has done in our life, but have we drifted from Him? Have we distanced ourselves from our first love? Or other things that are competing for us, have they gotten inside and, and put a wedge between us and the one that loves us most of all? Could we maybe need to return in prayers and fastings and givings, in our attendance, our obedience to all of His Word or to sacrifice and consecration because the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Jesus said you cannot serve two masters and you can believe this, you can't walk two roads. A life away from God is destructive but returning to Him is productive. It, it brings you what you need. So God saved us and he saved us in so many ways. He washed away our sins, I know. But man, he saved us from heartache and trouble and addictions and jail sentences and hospital rooms. He saved us in so many ways. 
let's return to him. We've got to beware of a false confidence because of the revival that's going on in our midst. I said this the other night. I said a lot of times people will come in to the church and the church just blows up and God's moving and they think, wow, God was moving even though I haven't prayed this week. Look, God's going to move. But don't think that, well, I didn't read or pray or even talk to anybody about Jesus this week and three people got the Holy Ghost on Sunday. That's not how it works. And don't think that, well, so see, I don't, I, but, but all you did was watch that. God did miracles and signs and wonders in the midst of people who were ungodly the whole time he walked this earth. I don't want to find myself excusing away my lack of dedication and the rocks are waiting to cry out let's don't give them a, 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 an avenue so the answers that we need tonight are in the returning the deep things of God are in the returning because it's his ways and his thoughts and when we return you'll find him waiting you'll find him watching You'll find him receptive, ready to just bring you back into his home. So I said this before, we wait for his return, but God's waiting for ours. When will his people return? So Lord, take me back. Take me back to that old landmark. Take me back to where I started, God. Take me back to where I met you. We used to sing at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. Lord, take me back to where I first realized how good you were to me and let me never, never walk away from it. Let me stay with it. And, but if I drift, God, oh, let me remember and return to you.